Hey, Night Owls. Welcome to Isn't It Past Your Bedtime. I'm Krista. And I'm Rachel. In this episode, we're feeling the burn. I actually can't remember what we called this one. I think it was that. Uh, I think we called it emotional damage, but mostly just because I wanted to use that audio on TikTok. Oh, yeah. Emotional. Yeah, that one. I've been singing. I just really want to use it. I know, me too. (laughs) Basically, these books are supposed to, like, you know, make you cry, make you feel the feels do the things we'll see mine didn't make me cry but there are feels so i feel like deep feels maybe is like a good one yeah it's just there's a lot of feelings it's gonna it's gonna do things uh mine to start has a lot of trigger warnings that i'm just gonna throw out there Mm. um so one if any of these just don't read the book maybe even skip my whole section depending so uh there is drinking and driving which caused the death of a loved one um yeah a mom is separated from her child um there is a lot of like people keeping her from her child um i think those are all the main ones there's talks of alcoholism but like it's not like prevalent like none of the main characters are alcoholics that are like actively fighting with it that we know of but they do talk about it so there's that so the book that i read is reminders of him by colleen hoover i love her this is my first coho one that i've ever actually read but I've never heard it say oh, I love it. That's what like the book talk people say it. So I felt really cool, you know. Uh, You're in the know. Exactly. She's like known for writing like real emotional books that basically make you feel all the things. So mm-hmm. I'm just gonna jump right in. So our main character is Kenna. And she is so five years ago, she was drinking and driving and she accidentally killed Scotty who she would been like dating for like six, seven months. They were like, super in love. Scotty is like a great person, was a great person. Like nobody had a single bad thing to say about him. Like when he looked at you, you felt cared about, like he made everyone feel better around him, things like that. Um, his parents are together. They're loving, like their whole family is loving, but gross barf. But there's like, that's kind of them. Kenna, uh, her dad is who knows where. Her mom uh, twice had she was removed from her mom's care when she was growing up because for neglect. And Rough. Like, she hasn't spoken to her mom in like two years at this point where she was um, crashed the car that killed Scotty. And so like very different backgrounds, different support systems, all those things. Yeah. So she got out of prison two years ago. She spent the last two years in transitional housing and she's just shown up in this small town whose name escapes me. doesn't really matter. Small town. Uh, Because she wants to meet her daughter. She, when she was, she ended up actually pleading guilty. Um, Mm -hmm. She basically says that, like, once they were, like, describing, like, Scotty's, like, last moments of his life while she was, like, on trial, she couldn't handle it. And so she just said, fine. She, like, pleaded guilty. She wasn't in a good headspace. um, Probably super depressed. Like, because nobody really realizes at this point that, like, she also lost somebody. She's also... You don't think about it because they're upset yeah. and i get yeah. it. i get it it's hard to have empathy for that person but like mm-hmm. especially in the moment and like i said she has yeah. nobody on her side she doesn't have parents she doesn't have any close friends she has nobody sitting here going hey like maybe you're actually super depressed right now maybe right. we should like have a, your lawyer talk to this like maybe we should figure something else out she has Ugh. nobody she has and people court. are cruel about stuff like that too honestly mm-hmm. they're just like see no one likes you and it's like that's it's just circumstance it sucks yeah, exactly and like in the courtroom she is like so like depressed and in this just terrible space as one would be Awful. that she has like zero emotion on her face so everybody is seeing her and going oh she doesn't even care 
She's not even phased uh-huh. at the fact that she killed him. But like, no, Horrible. not really. Like, and so she just so she got. Well, actually, I'm not gonna tell you how many years. Read the book. You can figure out how many years she got. Um, she gets. Well, I guess it doesn't really matter. She got seven years, but she got out on good behavior after three. So nice. Yeah. Um. So yeah, she spent the last two years in transitional housing. She saved up and she has like not very much money, but she has just moved to this town. She got a crappy little studio apartment. Um. Her landlady like gave her a cat. She was like, "Here, take a kitten." She's like, "I don't want a kitten." And she's like, I'll keep your power on for a week. Because she was like, you have three days to come up with the $250 to have the power move to your name. Mm-hmm. And she's panicking because she's like, I have no money. Like, I just spent all of it getting here. Expensive then, to move into a place. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. First, last, you have to have the deposit on electricity. You need, like, food. It's uh, a privilege, honestly, to be able to move. It's crazy. Yeah, seriously. And so, basically, she just keeps being like, I don't want this damn kitten. And her landlord is finally like... I will keep the power on for one month if you take a kitten and just like hands her a kitten and shuts the door. And she's like, well, now I have a kitten. So that's fun. Um, But she hasn't really like super thought out because also Scotty's parents who are Patrick and Grace, they um, petitioned the courts to have um, legal right, parental rights of um, DM who is what she ended up naming her daughter. Okay. So the baby is Scotty's. I kind of figured. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The okay. baby is Scotty's and like very much Scotty's like it's never in question if it's Scotty's or not. Okay. Um, and so they like petitioned the court. Um, and it's because like, and the whole reason the court, well, I shouldn't say the whole reason, um, Patrick and Grace, like know people. And so there's also kind of on that side where you're like, oh, this is fucked up. Um, but yeah. because her sentence was so long, that they're like okay like yeah you can have the rights but they also petitioned to have all of Keena's rights revoked she has absolutely zero rights like she doesn't ever get it like because she was trying to go for like visitation like Mm -hmm. bring her to see me send pictures send like whatever and they're like no we're not hurt I get it but that's bullshit yeah and so she has her daughter in prison well technically in the hospital but in prison while she's in prison yeah yeah and like the other with some of the other women who were there really telling her like no like you get two days with your kid your child like yes it sucks but like you do it but she doesn't because uh dm was a preemie she was born early so she was immediately swept off to the nicu and she's never seen her never got robbed of those two days yeah i know that that's like a thing that's like a real thing Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's a real thing um and she was saying that like you know sometimes even women who have given birth in prison like they get meds to help with their lactation to help that stopping they get like things mm-hmm. to help she gets nothing like the the guards basically Ugh. treat her like shit too at this point like it's just that sucks yeah you feel for her and like this is one thing that like coho she just does so well in this book is that like you feel so much for her but at the mm-hmm. same time you can see where patrick and grace and everyone in scotty's family can also come from because like they were only together like six months um can had only met them once and it like mm-hmm. wasn't like the best interaction because he had like yeah. dumped he had, like dumped this like the perfect quote unquote perfect girl the one that the mom loved dumped ah, her classic for, yeah for kenna and so she like comes over and like i said like she didn't grow up in a loving household and so mm-hmm. she is like no idea she's like oh like i probably like should have asked to help her mom with dinner but i don't know what i'm doing so i don't do that yeah um and like they pray at dinner and she's like i've never done that before so she like opens her eyes to like look around and be like 
like trying to like soak it all in but the mom catches her with her eyes open and then that made me think well then the mom had her eyes open too so like really yeah she was trying yeah. to be sus yeah okay. also like really the lord cares if your eyes are open come on now i don't know maybe he does i haven't read that part i don't know how picky he is about that yeah um and then she the mom hears them have well we assume she assumes that the mom heard them having sex so like you know another strike against her yep. and then the mom caught her on the back porch with a cigarette kind of doesn't smoke she's never smoked you find out later that it's Scotty's cigarette and he smokes, but he had like ran inside really quick. And so she's holding it when the mom comes out. And so it's like her. Yeah. So she's just like, oh my gosh, this, this terrible person taking away my beautiful, perfect boy. Like what in the world? So like awful. Yeah. So you already don't like her. And now she's killed him and admitted to it, which like she never didn't say she wasn't driving like all these things, but right. What happened? Remember, I think this, I think you've discovered this early enough in the book that it doesn't give away and but it does make sense also to why people hate her so much because mm-hmm. she ends up getting convicted for involuntary manslaughter um i figured yeah so she they rolled the car and she left so like she gets woken up by the police in her home in the morning he had lived for like two hours and had like crawled out of the car wreck and something like that and so like and you do way later in the book you finally Horrible. hear her version of it and mm-hmm. you like I've said this whole time, and I will keep saying, you understand why she did what she did. Like you, you get everything, but all they know is that she never called anybody. And like the way that they tell it is that, like, is that like, you know, she wanted to get away with it. She didn't want to get in trouble. Da, 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 da. So she just left. Was him. it she her didn't... car though? Like they would have figured no. it out. Yeah. Well, oh. it was his car, but like they were but if together. He was in the passenger seat or whatever. Yeah. If she was oh, yeah. driving, they would have figured it out. You yeah. know, they, I mean, they were at her door within hours of him going yeah. to the ho- like getting taken to the hospital. So like, yeah, mm-hmm. there's not a big surprise. Yeah, exactly. It's not like it went into a lake and she like, like she was away. clearly negligent, but I'm sure like when you hear the whole thing, like, yeah, once yeah you I know- do feel like Colleen Hoover does do this really well. Like mm-hmm. in the book I read. Yeah. 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 Once you like, no, kind of side, you go, oh my, cause she does it so well. You're like, I, it could have been me. Like I could have. It could happen. Done that. It could happen to anyone. Like, I don't care what none of y'all say, listen to this. It could happen to you. So I think those are the most tragic of stories, though. It's like mm-hmm. the fact that it could happen to you. Yeah. So she comes to this town to try to convince Patrick and Grace to like let her see her daughter. She doesn't want, she doesn't want to like try to like fight for rights. She doesn't like she wants she, to meet her. Yeah. She's like, I know that like she's like getting it back. She's like spoken to a lawyer, probably like a I think probably the lawyer like that she had when um, her rights were taken away, but it's like, it's going to be a lot of money and a lot of work to get those rights back. And she was like, I can't afford any of that. Like, I just want to meet her, like mm-hmm. do it on her timetable, whatever. And so she's in this town and she ends up going to this bar that used to be a bookstore that her and Scotty had gone to. She like didn't know it was a bar now. Um, oh no. And so she orders like a diet Pepsi and a coffee or something like that. But she meets the bartender Ledger. So Ledger is the other per- main character of this book that we flip flop chapters between love and he is like instantly like drawn to her and he's like oh my gosh like what is going on with her like what is what is this and like oh my gosh this person who comes in the bar but orders like things that we don't normally like carry like serve at a bar (laughs) yeah um and so he's like super infatuated with her and at one point he's like he's like come back at 11 30 she does Mm -hmm. they like start making out or whatever and he, she's, uh, he's like, oh, what's your name? But she doesn't want to say it because it's a small town. Yeah. And he, she's like, blows him off or whatever. And I was like, oh, what's yours? It's like Ledger. And she's like, oh, shit. Because she knows that Ledger is Scott, was Scotty's best friend. 
Oh no. They were supposed he didn't recognize her? She didn't know it? They were supposed to meet one time and Ledger never showed. So they never met. And she looks very different. So like back then, she had like bleach blonde hair, cared very way more about her looks, all these things. And now her hair is brown. She's been in prison for like prison change as a person. Yeah, yeah. she was in prison for three years, transitional housing. Like she can't afford to like do any of these upkeeps that she used to do, anything like that. So he doesn't recognize her. He's only like seen her mugshot, which oh my god, like a mugshot's not. And so like the drama, yeah, oh, right. And so he like drops her off at her like shitball apartment and like starts up a thing. Like they start having this like relationship, but she's like, okay, I have to she tell. She hasn't him. told him. Yeah, she's like, I have to tell him before he figures it out. Like she does know that. She's like, because at first she's like, okay, I'm just gonna end it. Like whatever, no. And you're like, okay, sure, fine. Doesn't end, but she's like, I have to tell him before he figures it out. I think he figures it out first. I can't remember. But then, oh God, and then that'd he's be like, awful. and he's like pissed, and he says terrible things to her, like about it. her as like a mother. All this heartbreak. I would be terrible. mad though too if I was him. Like I yeah. get why he's well, mad. No, so like he lives across the street, so he grew up across the street from Scotty, and he bought that house from his parents. His parents like travel around in an RV now in retirement life, so he lives across the street from Patrick and Grace. So he's like in Diem's life. He spent like the last yep. like almost five years like. This little girl has him wrapped around his fingers. So like he cares about her so much, all these things. Yeah. And he's like, oh, you're going to come and like try to take her. And like, what are you going to do? All the like, oh, what a yeah. mess. So, but then, of course, you know, their attraction, like he can't stop thinking about her. And he like and his he like one of the guys that he had hired at the bar, they like used to play in the NFL together, whatever, whatever. He's like, you should call her like you need to check on her. It's like you said terrible things to this person who also was just now realizing that like she's never going to see her daughter because she like showed up outside the house and like knocked on the door and he like scooped her up and like, threw her in the truck and was like don't you ever fucking come back basically and so the guy who like works at the bar is like you need to check on her like you said terrible things to her and he's like what you think she's gonna like go kill herself and he's like wouldn't see? you like think about it like what do you has, have yeah she has nothing and then of course ledger is like because he's like oh you're right like i couldn't live with myself if i what i said caused this so that's when they right. like kind of like start up the relationship again but he doesn't really want to because also he feels like he's like betraying patrick and grace and that they're gonna hate him oh my god oh my gosh it's so many emotions and i can't really go past that of like <gasps> wow like he has to like make a decision basically like does he pick her or does he pick being in dm's life and like um you know, like she's also struggling with that. Like, okay, well, if I can't be in her life, like maybe at least this person who I'm learning is like actually a decent person, like should stay in her life. So yeah, like, I should stay away from him. Like, yeah, oh like my maybe God, that would be better. But she literally cannot <sighs> afford to leave this town. She got a part-time job making minimum wage at a grocery store. So bagger, like mm-hmm. that's it. She does end up getting promoted to cashier. So get it girl. Um, He like, right. and she like tells him this at one point and he's like, okay, fine um you can come like work in the dishroom at my bar basically thinking like once you have money sooner you can leave but you're like he's ex-nfl so he has a lot of money why doesn't he just pay her off you know and i'm not the only one who's thinking that either so mm. super good mm. uh i read it in like two sittings i probably could have read it in one but like work got in the way rude um yeah. i stayed up like an hour and a half past when i wanted to go to bed because i was like oh my gosh i can't put it down what in the world is going on twice i know it's good twice there were tears i had one roll down my cheek i didn't even notice like that that was the emotions is that all of a sudden here all of a sudden i was like what is 
what is going on why with am i face? leaking exactly yeah i was like <laughs> i don't and it's like it's not nothing like no one else dies like it's not anything like big emotion it's like this really small that like you start to care so much about these characters yeah. and then when like the tiniest thing i think it was like when lefter like said like really mean things to her i was like i felt like so bad for her i was like that's not nice like yeah. it's like she made one terrible terrible mistake and it cost a lot of it cost somebody their lives it cost it ruined lives hers included right. and like the fact that like nobody even like huh. anyways i am giving it four out of five because i don't love her writing style she the way she explains like what it's like almost like she's over explaining like oh i, I opened agree. i opened the fridge and i grabbed the apple juice and i took a sip of the apple juice and then i put the lid back on the apple juice and then i put it in the fridge and it's like wow that was it has apple juice and put it back on yeah like i didn't need that yeah. much and it's like the entire of everything everyone that's every new thing is doing they think it and then they say it and i know that they thought it and then i didn't mm-hmm. have to hear that they said it and you're just like so i don't yeah. love that and i've heard that of from other people that like some people love it some people hate it like some people literally never read a book of hers again i'll probably read another one because i do think how she writes characters is really good um yeah i've also heard she's not great on social media like people really hate Hmm. her because she gets really snooty if people give her a bad review which is not why i'm giving this book four stars because i'm I'm not afraid of her i promise not a bad review (laughs) um but i have heard that also huh interesting well, it sounds like uh, your book definitely fit the bill for this yeah. topic. I yeah, think so. I love it. Um, mine was not like outright sobbing book either, but it was like very real. Okay. Like it felt like a real life situation. And like, that's one of the things I do like about Colleen Hoover, you know, you mm-hmm. talked about how like she does describe and develop those characters really well. And I feel like this book, I actually have another one by this author, but I've never read anything by them before. Um, so I did Where the Forest Meets the Stars by Glendy, last name, I'm so sorry. It's Vandera. Oh my gosh. That book, I have searched like four different things of book related things. That one has popped up on the top of my Google search like the last four times. Oh, really? It's ridiculous. Yeah. The universe wants me to know about this book, apparently. Apparently. Well, I'm going to tell you all about it right now. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, uh, I, first off, I totally enjoyed this book, although there's not a lot of books that I meet that I don't like. So <laughs> I'm not exactly a, a great critic. Um, but, uh, well, I'm like, let's see, what are the trigger warnings for my book? Um, death of a parent, cancer. Uh, I was like, is a full, his like mastectomy, uh, trigger? Could, Prob- probably, probably, I was like, yeah. I was like, it kind of goes with cancer, but cancer can be a variety of things. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's like, uh, if you, are sensitive around the um, particular gene mutation that people can inherit. I can't remember exactly what it is that yeah, causes yeah. cancer, particularly like women's cancer. Um, then this would probably not be the book for you. <clears throat> there are some good things, like people do survive and some people don't. So, you know, mm-hmm. but it's not a focal point. Um, there's also some talk of uh, sex work kind of closer to the end and um, potential child abuse, nothing like graphic or anything honestly mm-hmm. but just to be aware there yeah. is that in there good to know yeah so <clears throat> this book uh only really has three main characters which i love about a book <laughs> i hate when there's like 20 main characters and then it's impossible to like get it straight and it takes forever to get into this book i read this book in like 
I think three sittings because I just kind of zoomed through it. Um, so very similar to yours, uh, not overly descriptive. So that was really okay. nice, super easy read. Um, so the main character of this book, Joe, she is a grad student who she took off a couple of years from school because she found out her mom found out she had cancer and found out she had that genetic mutation that Joe and had inherited the gene. Mm. So um, that her mother did not survive uh, cancer. She found out too late, but because her mother found out she had cancer early on and had that gene, Joe was able to find out that she too had cancer and was able to deal with it. So she's technically in remission and she's going back to grad school. She's going to school for ornithology, which is the study of birds. Oh, I was going to say plants. I'm pretty sure I got the right no, one. No, right I think term. you're, I think you're right. Yes. I, just I, was was making, that was right I was making a guess based off the word. I don't actually know. You're, I, I don't know. Honestly, if I mess <laughs> it up, I'm sorry. Um, I'm going off of memory. I didn't take detailed notes on this one. Um, so she is, uh, I believe they're in Illinois. I don't remember what school she goes to specifically. It's not that far because she drives to it a couple of times. Like she drives back to her apartment. But basically there is this person, um, George Kinney, who is a professor at the school who has this cabin and he often rents it out to students for the summer. So the department that she is going for school under rents it out for her so she can mm. do studies. Yeah. So she's specifically basically tracking bird nests and um indigo buntings is her favorite bird but she tracks pretty much any bird nest that she can find and so this cabin is like kind of in the forest and like um it, it sounds like it's a very small town honestly okay. like in yeah. in illinois so she's kind of just like out in the boonies um and she right off the bat so this girl shows up this like little girl shows up one day while she's outside, like after she gets back from checking all of her nests because she takes, you know, detailed logs. She goes out every day. She's essentially looking to see how humans are impacting birds reproduction and things. And like the impact of like the, the bird nests that are closer to the road versus the ones that are farther from the road, hmm. like how humans are impacting that because they birds never really had to survive when there was human interaction or at least that close all the time. And there has been like a decrease in this population specifically that she's interested in. So she comes back to the cabin one day to make her dinner. And this little girl is barefoot and dirty and like kind of hanging out and just starts like asking her random questions. And this girl tells her that she's an alien. Oh, bear okay. with me. I swear it works. Um, <laughs> it's wild. Truly, it's truly wild. So this little girl was like, I am an alien. And she was like, no, you're a little girl. And she's like, no, I'm here to study humans. This is, uh, she's from Hitrea is the, uh, the planet she says. And she says it's in the pinwheel galaxy, which apparently is supposedly a thing, at least in this book. I did not Google it because that's too deep for me. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I, I trust you. Um, and she says that she found this body when she came down to earth and she inhabited it, but the little girl was already dead. Hmm. Very dark. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. a very dark thing. And so Joe obviously is like, yeah, okay, whatever. You should go home now. So the first day that um, that little girl shows up, Joe like feeds her dinner and the little girl has like a small dog with her that she says that she just like encountered and assumed it was Joe's, but Joe was like, no, I've never seen this dog. I don't live here. I've only been here for like a week. Um, so this little girl just kind of keeps showing up. Uh, so Joe's trying to just like do her research and things, but this girl who has, they, they have like these really in-depth talks about like what she's here for. And so she says she's essentially here to be a grad student as an alien. And then like, when you talk to her, she never 
like gives any indication that she's not an alien. Like she does a very good job at sticking to her story. Mm-hmm. Like she's like, oh, I've never had that before. Like we don't have that on my planet. Or like, why would you describe that to me when I wouldn't understand what that is? Like she's hmm. super freaking smart. So like clearly if this girl is an alien, that makes sense. Cause she's definitely different from a small child, but also she could just be a really smart girl. Like, yeah. Some kids are very smart. So Joe basically assumes that she's like a local girl that has probably a rough upbringing. Um, Cause the second day, the next morning when the girl is still there, she does call the police and she's like, Hey, like I didn't see this girl show up on any missing persons online. When I looked locally, like is someone missing lo- like around here that you know of? Um, and the police officer that came to the house basically was like, well, cause the girl ran essentially mm. as soon as Joe called the police, which I get. If yeah. you run away, you would run. That's um, what you do. That's what you do. They're guessing she's like nine or 10. So she's okay. very small. She's not even like a teenager. Like it's crazy. Um, <clears throat> the police basically scared Joe out of wanting to talk to the police about it because he was like, well, okay, most runaways like go home within like a day or two. Like, but if we have to come get her and she won't tell us who she is, like she'll have to go into foster care or if we find out that she is in an abusive home, she's gonna have to go into foster care. And he like gave the story about this guy that he went to school with having to be taken away from his abusive parents to go into foster care who are also abusive. Mm-hmm. Oh, I guess trigger warning foster care. I guess I should have talked about no. that earlier. I forgot that this was part of it at the beginning. Um, Cause this guy like just basically scares Joe. She's like, well, she might be in an abusive situation, but I don't want her to be in foster care either. She's yeah. like, I'll just encourage her to go home. Like next time she shows up, I'll just tell her to go home. Like, she's just a little girl. She'll eventually get tired of it or whatever, you know, like mm-hmm. you would expect that. This girl does not go home. This girl <laughs> never goes home. Joe essentially ends up like adopting her for the summer. Um, not really intentionally. It's just like, she doesn't really know what to do at this point. Um, she knows that like, she shouldn't be housing this little girl, but she discovers that there's this like shed on the property of the cabin that she's in that the girl has clearly been staying in. That's got like a little mattress. That's like, it was raining out. And so the mattress got soaked, but this girl is incredibly smart. So Joe starts taking her with her to go to like do her sciencey things. And like, this girl is absolutely fascinated. She reads at like a college level. Like she it's, she's amazing. Honestly, like I love this girl. They end up calling her (laughs) Ursa. Um, that's the name she gives because she says that humans can't pronounce her name. Mm-hmm. She gives us, she gives us like name that's supposed to be like, she's like, this is the closest it would be if we spoke English <laughs> basically. <laughs> and it was like ear poo and this whole like long name. And she like got upset because Joe kept calling her like ear pooed because like, <laughs> that's what she said it was. Uh-huh. So she's like, okay, well then you have to tell me what else to call you. And so Joe's like, okay, so Ursa's probably her real name. But she basically calls herself uh, Ursa Major, and then the dog is like Ursa Minor. So like, Mm -hmm. and it was like part of the galaxy she says she's from. So like all of her stories literally match up with like her being an alien. Like truly, it does. Mm -hmm. I questioned my sanity during this book. I was like, (laughs) is she an alien? Because like sometimes I'm like, but if she was an alien, would she have known that? Like, Mm, Like, so there's lots of little things. And also like, if you were an alien, would you know English? But she kind of explains that away as like, well, I can use the girl's brain. Like the girl that I took over her body, I can use her brain. And she was really smart. And that's why I can do these things. But she, her whole thing that she's basically told Joe throughout the summer is that she can go home after she's seen five miracles. And miracles are not like religious miracles or anything like that. Because Joe was like, okay, you're never going to see five miracles. <laughs> like this is yeah. never going to happen. They can be anything that she thinks is a miracle. 
So she sees her first couple of miracles pretty early on. Like she sees um, baby birds being hatched. So that was a miracle. She saw um, baby kittens. That was a miracle. Um, They end up because it's such a small town. There's this guy, uh, Gabe, and he's the egg man. So he like gives, he sells fresh eggs from his farm. That's just Mm -hmm. down the street from where the cabin is. And so they end up having, um, like, I mean, Joe and Gabe end up like in a, like a relationship kind of thing, but like he has severe social anxieties and like, he's caring for his aging mom. Um, he's got a lot of family stuff going on. I think that's really interesting. Also, I guess trigger warning infidelity. I don't know what requires (laughs) one. I don't think that's like super triggering, but some people probably like, I, it's hard for me to tell. So if that's an issue for you, maybe don't read this book too. Um, like I said, there's a lot of things at play here, even though there's only like three or four main characters. Yeah, seriously. Wow. So Gabe and Joe really end up like with the schedule, like their divorced parents to deal with Ursa, where she will like go to him during the day, but he like tries to not let his mom know that this girl's here all the time because they're afraid of dealing with the police. His sister's like a dick about it and then does call the police. Like there's like a whole bunch happening here where Gabe is trying to deal with his own internal things. Joe was like rejected by this guy that she was with after she had her mastectomy and thing. And, um, he was not very kind to her. They have like an interaction at the beginning. And so like everyone in this book is clearly dealing with their own like personal lives, but the way that they support each other is absolutely amazing. Like, I love it. Like, even though they, I mean, they're assuming Ursa's lying. They don't know why they're just like, maybe she needs to trust us more. Like then, you know, we'll build up that trust. Like we'll show her that we're safe people to talk to, Mm -hmm. like whatever we need to do. And Joe's trying to figure out like, okay, so what is the end game here? Because she's only there for the summer. And so she's got to figure out like, what do I do when August comes and I have to leave? Do I try to petition to be her foster parent and figure out who she is? Um, Obviously, since there is so much going on, things do kind of come to a head. So there is like a little bit of an altercation. Um, It's not even really an altercation. It's more just like, what's the right thing here for Ursa to do? Um, She never breaks character. Oh, the the little girl. I think that's probably the thing that I find the most impressive, but just the fact that she is just so freaking smart and like the content and things that she talks about, it's just so impressive. Um, I don't feel like, I feel like I can tell you much more about it, honestly, because I'm I'm still convinced she might be an alien. Like, I don't know. I read all the way to the end and I still don't know for sure. Oh, I like it. I still don't know for sure. Like mm-hmm. you obviously get, we do get information about like who this, this little girl is, but the fact that Ursa herself does never breaks character. She mm-hmm. doesn't believe it. Like, is it a coping mechanism? You know, like that's essentially mm-hmm. what you know, other people believe is that it's just a coping mechanism. Um, yeah. When you hear her whole like life story uh, kind of closer to the end. Um, yeah. It's pretty wild though. Um, I really just love the relationship that like Joe and Gabe have with her. Like it's so sweet. And Ursa says that it's like a thing um, for her people because she's an alien, right? They have, I can't remember what term she used. It's like quarks or something. But basically she says she brings people good luck. And so like sometimes something good will happen. And she's like, I made that happen. (laughs) But like sometimes something bad happens for the good thing to happen, right? Like somebody gets hurt, which meant that somebody had to leave which meant that you got to do this thing because that person left and they're like, okay, yeah. But if something bad happens, like you made that bad thing happen. She's like, I don't know how the good thing happens, but it's still a good thing in the end. So like, it feels like she's very like silver lining kind of 
alien. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> they refer to her as the alien all the time, though. They're just like, yeah, the little alien. <laughs> like, it's very Love cute. It. It's very cute. I think you'd still enjoy the book, honestly. It was really, okay. it was very sweet. Um, no real like tearjerker moments. It's just like how real and raw that they, um, Joel and Gabe's conversations could be. And then when you hear about Ursa's background and her story at the end, it's pretty touching. Mm-hmm. So okay. it all turns, it all turns out really nice. Like it has like a happy <laughs> ending, which I love. So it does, yeah. it does have a happy ending, even though okay, there's some of this okay. trauma along the way. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Well, me, what was it? Some bad things have to happen. So something good could happen. Yeah. I guess I would get, I'll give it a five because it was an easy read. It was detailed without being overly detailed I was really invested in the characters I felt like there was totally some character growth not a ton because there's not a lot of like real altercations between the characters mm-hmm. but like them dealing with their own personal stuff there's a lot of growth so yeah I would give yeah. it I would give it a five I'm excited to read the next thing I have by her awesome I mean I think all over we kind of we kind of nailed this we one nailed it. so yeah yeah also yeah to see if you maybe you'll cover the next one on the pod too we can see if you still like her yeah, we can do follow-up authors because we've talked about Colleen Hoover before, but now we can kind of do a uh, compare contrast. Yeah. So come back, see if we do that next. Maybe we do something else. It's summer. Who knows? Fun things are happening. Uh, minis are back in June. Also fun yes. and exciting. So yeah. Uh, social media is Instagram. Isn't it past your bedtime? Twitter. IIPYB underscore pod. TikTok. Isn't it past your bedtime? Whew, that's a mouthful now. You can also check out our website, isn't it past your bedtime.com to see what's coming up next and what's in the archive. Oh, I think that's everything that we have. We'll talk it all y'all it. later. Bye everyone. Bye.